0: we covered this what was your experience with jonathan wick john wick uh, i had just seen the first one none of the sequels None of the sequels. and now that you've seen the sequels
1: uh, i'm happy to be up on the world of john wick and understand where it's going and what's going on that's fun
0: i'm big fan of john wick always have been for whatever reason when john wick chapter three parabellum i'm really happy they dropped adding a word because parabellum just anyway i bought it immediately when it came out and then never watched it I've only seen part three once, and it was when we decided to watch this. And then I watched four because I was excited to watch four. And I'm new to three. I've only seen it once, and I just had to reread the plot to kind of remember. So there's a spin-off show, a prequel series about the Continental.
1: This is just so lucrative for that writer, man.
0: And it's really weird that Mel Gibson is in it.
1: I miss Mel Gibson the way he was before he was that way he is now.
0: Yeah, me too. Just as a reminder, it's okay to like an actor's work. Exactly. I have not no like problem the actor.
1: It. I watched The Front yeah. uh, the other day. It's a Woody Allen film from the 70s. He didn't direct it, but he starred in it. It's just about the blacklist in Hollywood. And he was like, writers would hand him scripts who were blacklisted and he would pretend to, to be them. So he was like working for a show and he was like the new writer, but he wasn't even a writer. But, you know, he, so he'd get paid and then he'd give the checks to the writers. It's a, it's
0: a really good movie. Interesting.
1: But uh, I'll always love Woody Allen. I don't care, you know. It's just uh, the work is what stands out. However, there was one person recently where I was like, it's going to be hard to watch that guy. I don't remember who it was. I like Kevin Spacey's work. That's not going to stop. I don't know, even Ezra Miller. like, (laughs) People are having trouble with that, too. But I'm like, eh, whatever.
0: (laughs) I think that had more of an impact on The Flash than I think I I would have personally realized. I was talking to an employee about it, and he brought it up. And it's like, yeah, people... do actually pay attention to this and he wasn't in any rush to see it
1: i had one more thing before i forget it uh did you see the dungeons and dragons movie with chris pine yes did you like it did you see it i did i saw it yeah we watched it
0: that's say how we what we thought of it on the count of three (laughs) one (laughs) two three it was was great (laughs) yes chris pine knows his lane do you know what it was though
1: it totally was the fourth Star Trek movie
0: because they're all the original series.
1: The cast they were always going back to the Roman era or the medieval era because that's what I loved about the original series. The shows they're like an hour long. They're hard to watch, but they were clearly like they just were like, "What should we do this week?" I don't know. We have all these sets from these old Errol Flynn movies we shot. Let's just say they go back in time to the medieval era. Okay. I just felt like that he was Captain Kirk, like Michelle Rodriguez could have totally been Spock, you know, like the little, the magic kid could have been Chekhov. All, everything just fit. You know, Hugh Grant was Khan, you know, whatever. I don't know. It was like, this totally could have been a Star Trek film, but I think that's why it was funny, you know? And it
0: worked. Yeah. He knows his
1: lane. You're right.
0: Off topic, but the good, the bad and the ugly yeah. has a Korean remake called the good, the bad and the weird. Have you seen it? I started watching it and then I turned it off. <laughs> i'm sure i'll try it sometime right i just want you to know it exists (laughs) anyway john wick chapter three (laughs) we see all of the people come back together for john wick being on the run everybody these movies with their style with their long open shots that you can clearly see the action they make it hard to breathe And so like this first section of the movie is just him fighting against other assassins trying to take him out when he's finally in the clear, you do take a breath, you were tense, and then you get to
1: (sighs) the thing that stood out the most to me, uh, this this one's a little the crack started to show in this one I felt like it just got a little too in its own head. We know we're cool. We know we do great cinematography. But you got to dial it back a little bit like they want a little too much. They put fluorescent lights on fucking everything. (laughs) The steps to the New York Museum or the New York Library do not have fluorescent lights on them. Every step of what? But it looks cool on film. I will give you that. It looks great but they just put them everywhere. Anytime he needed to look in a cabinet, there's a fluorescent light. So it just, it just took me out of it almost. Like it was a little too cool.
0: It was an overstep. And I think that's why they found the series or they, this is the last movie with the creator as the writer. Like Mm -hmm. after this, it's written by somebody else. This is,
1: What all action movies do, they've fallen victim to the action movie virus that happens to every action movie hero. They have now turned John Wick into a superhero where he survives impossible injuries. It happens to everything. They did it to John McClane. They've kind of jumped the shark a little bit and turned him into a superhero.
0: They introduced a huge cheat in, I believe it was chapter two, that they've really leaned on. For two, three, and four, which is the bulletproof clothing?
1: That's I'm okay with that. But surviving falls is a big thing for me. Where I'm just like his back and his hips and his legs and his hand, like he's dead. Oh no, he's okay. He's fine. He'll stand up. He'll fall three stories. Not only fall and hit the pavement, but he'll he'll bang off this. He'll bang off that. He'll bang off this he's fine
0: see those didn't bug me as much as one of those bullets should have fucking hit him the magic bulletproof clothing stops it every time and they always do it
1: they always turn the action every man action heroes into superheroes if the if the thing goes long enough if the franchise goes long enough
0: movies that have memorable scenes that stick out in your head like the most memorable scene in this is in the library for me and i'm sure there's others the dogs are amazing but When that giant tries to take him (laughs) out in the library, that fight is awesome.
1: That's the stuff I love about the John Wick franchise, and that's why when he's just on a killing spree, I I appreciate that he's reloading all the time. It makes it a little more real, but it's just too much, and I'm bored. I get so bored in this movie. I get it. The choreography is good. Can you just shorten the scenes? Like, let's move. Yes,
0: it went on a little (sighs) too much. I feel like that happens a little bit in 4, but I feel like it's better balanced. Okay, good. So the plot of this movie is John Wick has been excommunicado. Excommunicado. He travels to a faraway place to find somebody that can change that rule. The The person
1: above the high table.
0: So he's essentially the Supreme Court.
1: I guess so. Yeah, there's only one. But he's like a king. He's not a court. Like He's like a king.
0: Well, it's a different guy in 4. It's somebody they elect... Oh, I don't
1: know. Don't tell me that. I haven't seen four.
0: Oh, my God. I can't believe you haven't watched. Oh, i there was. Oh, my God. I can't believe you haven't watched four yet.
1: (laughs) Well, we weren't going to talk about it yet.
0: I'm sorry. I thought you had watched it. (laughs) That's fine. So
1: Winston really is the help here, right? Like, he's just trying to tell him, like, okay, you're on the run, but, you know, do this, do that. I don't know. So he needs help. So he goes to Halle Berry because she owes a blood oath to him because he saved her daughter. Isn't that how that works?
0: And she's in Casablanca.
1: Yes. And he needs her help to talk to some higher up guy that can help them.
0: The Supreme Court. Yeah. But he's no help. The guy above the high table. Oh, no. So she knows a guy and he's essentially a lot like Santino or whatever his name was yes. in the second movie. Well, he was he's the that chairs, level. Basically. Yeah. yeah. He's on the and high table. And so John Wick is very clear. You cannot kill him. So... They go to meet him. He's a dick. He wants to take one of Halle Berry's dogs for payment. She says no. They have to. She, she ends up killing him, doesn't she?
1: No. She leaves him alive. Oh, does he live? Pretty wounded. Yeah.
0: And then they have to fight their way out of there, and they end up in the desert. So
1: they went to him to get help to find the top guy. Yes. So all he told him was, go to a desert. Any desert. Doesn't matter. Just keep walking. And when you can't walk anymore, walk some more and he'll find you. I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. So that's what they do. He She drops him off in the desert and he goes and walks and walks. And just when he's about to be dead, oh, here comes somebody, picks him up, takes him to the middle of nowhere. And there's a king. There's a king who's like the king of assassins. It was just so ridiculous.
0: It was really weird. This is why I this, I thought, was the weakest chapter
1: yeah i think you might be right
0: it rebounds pretty hard in chapter four
1: well i mean it jumped the shark in order to get the story back where he could go back to basics so i guess it it worked it didn't just end on a crazy thing it just it just kept it going
0: so the weirdo guy in the desert which I again yeah it's stupid he's like kill winston and you're back in because
1: he's the only one that refuses to pay his penance because everybody else paid his penance uh, there was an important thing with Angelica Houston. Oh, Where shit. we find out more about John Wick's past. Yeah. So they added to that a little bit, which was nice. So he was basically like the Black Widow. He was, like, trained to be this ultimate assassin as a child who was an orphan.
0: Yes, it's absolutely an assassin school. The spinoff movie coming next year is Ballerina, and it features one of those chicks that is getting trained. Oh, is it Arna de Armas or Anna de Armas or whatever? Yeah. She's cool. Yeah. Um, But it happens between Chapter 3 and Chapter 4, and so we're getting a John Wick cameo in there. But yes, we find out that he was part of, is it Belarus? The Belarusian mob, and that's his birthright, and that's where he was raised.
1: He's running for his life from this bounty, but he also has an ace up his sleeve where he was a part of this family that trained him, and he like has a a something that's like they have to follow the rules if he hands this cross to them they have to offer him safe passage that's what he ends up getting that's how he gets to casablanca but the high table still comes after every single person that helped him out including Lawrence fishburne who uh uh we met in the second movie right do we even talk about Lawrence fishburne
0: we didn't talk about him at all oh my god we had a big matrix reunion because
1: he has I think the stupidest part of that movie is that there's a homeless mafia. <laughs> you guys got money, you got power, and yet you want to live on the streets? All right, fine. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so Fishburne helps him out in number two. So then everybody has to like pay their felty, as they say, to the high table for their uh, helping of John Wick, who's some who's excommunicado. So Winston's the only one that doesn't, that refuses to... Give up his post though, right? They're
0: mad at Winston because he gave him an hour and didn't shoot him on the spot. They're mad at Lawrence Fishburn because he gave him the gun that killed San is it Santino? I think it could be Santino, yeah. And then they're mad at Angelica for giving him passage to Casablanca. Yeah. Even though she was
1: honor bound to do it. They don't recognize yep. that though.
0: They cut up Lawrence Fishburn. Seven
1: slices for the seven bullets gave him.
0: they put a hole through angelica houston's hand yeah winston
1: they were gonna kick winston out and kill him that's what it sounded like like he wasn't gonna be the land manager of the continental anymore but he didn't want to do that so the the king gives john an order like okay i'll let you back in our good graces if you kill winston who's the only one that refuses to pay so he agrees to that but when he's faced with winston they both realize they're friends, and they have respect for each other. This is why Winston gave him an hour, and this is why John is refusing to kill Winston when the high table girl comes back, who's like the judicator. Yes, the adjudicator. So then Winston says, I, I'm not leaving. You'll have to fight us.
0: Is this the first time we see the high table army? Yeah, I love
1: that they show up in a bus. It seemed pretty comfortable. Do you think they were watching a movie on the way?
0: Yeah, I would think so. And... <sighs> What I really liked is that they had hardcore armor on. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun to watch John have to get over that. They were armored to the teeth, and so he had to find cracks in the armor to shoot or stab. Yeah, I did like
1: that. That was good. Uh and this is when Riddick, the concierge, you know, he gets to kick yeah. ass while Ian McShane's Winston just hangs out in the bowl. It's pretty comical yeah. out of time, you know. It goes on a little long. And then the Judicator sent her sushi chefs (laughs) who are like the ultimate assassins i guess next to john i'm just blowing through this movie the way john blows through 2040 people so the Judicator is like oh i understand winston you were just trying to show a feat of strength to show why you belong as the leader of the continental still the high table accepts this we'll stop the war But what to do about John Wick, and this is what I don't think is a good character turn for Winston, is that he says, oh, well, John Wick must die. And then he shoots John Wick and knocks him off a building, which John obviously will survive. It's a good uh, reason for him to turn on him because he's trying to save his own ass. I get that. But Winston was stupid in that moment and to think that he could kill John Wick because he won't. And he'll (laughs) also only anger him the way he's watched everyone anger him before as well knowing that it will result in his ultimate demise so why would he do that
0: i think long story short what we're looking at was a setup from the start the biggest problem with that double cross is that he's wearing bulletproof clothing
1: but he just knocked a man off like a third fourth fifth story building to the pavement knowing he would die (laughs) oh he'll survive that like that's dumb yeah why would you
0: survive that so he's wearing bulletproof clothing so There was John's decision to go over the side. I consider it a controlled fall. No, no. And I didn't like it. And it's a reason that I think three is one of the weaker parts. All right. Something I need you to pay attention to. And this is for you as well, audience. When you watch chapter four, Mm -hmm. I need you to pay attention to the beginning of the movie. I usually
1: pay attention to the beginning, uh, a little bit of the middle,
0: and a lot of the end. The beginning informs the ending. I feel like I'm completely right, and I haven't seen anybody else have the same take.
1: At the end of three, Lawrence Fishburne's Pete Homeless Mafia is what rescues John from the street after he fell after Winston shot him. Yeah. So it's made to believe that he's like, uh, I'm pissed off at the high table because they sliced me up for helping you, John. Are you pissed off, John? Let's take down the high table. And he's like, Yeah. Yeah. Which in the original script, it was four lines of dialogue, and then they were like, oh, it's Reeves. Let's just make it a, yeah.
0: John Wick 4 is almost three hours, and he says 380 words, 410 in part three. Okay, so 484 in the first one, 499 in the second one, down to 410 in three. Just keeps going And down, down to 380 or whatever it said.
1: When we were kids, do you remember sequels were always, it, it felt less than the first movie. And then we loved them, but they were never going to make as much money or even be as good as the first. But something happened in the last, like, 20 years. But some franchises, the next movie they make makes more than the previous. These movies are... Uh, the the second one made almost twice what the first one made. And then the third one made about three times what the first... what. The second one made and then now the fourth one has made an ungodly amount of money compared to what they spent on the third i don't know like they quadrupled it almost like how do you do that it's like the fast and the furious movie is the same thing
0: that's worth saying because yeah the budget for the first one was between 20 and 30 it made a lot more than that it made like but double, it wasn't huge like it was like, 80 like 86 yeah. john wick 2 they obviously upped the budget mm. but it's not by as much as you think Budget on two was 40 and they made 174. That's smart business
1: sense to not go crazy.
0: Part three, the budget went way up 75 million. Box office goes way up 327 million. I, I guess the
1: only thing I can think is that it's because the internet and social media is able to bring fandom together like never before. So now everybody can be like, did you see that movie? I saw that movie. I can't wait for a new one. And then they talk about it and they pump it up and then everybody goes and sees it. And that's just something that didn't really exist back in the day. You had people that were fans, but you kind of had to know each other. But now there's a lot of hype that's built through social media that gets people to come out to see John Wick 4, the fourth movie. And it makes $400 million.
0: It is a weird phenomenon. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is another example where the next one is the one that's going to make all the money in the world. It's so it's so funny when I want to call it an artistic achievement, and, and in many ways that it. No, I don't want to shit on that movie. Like those movies are amazing. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's weird. I don't mean to shit on it at all, but I. It's just a weird. But see, this also feels like the housing bubble, the internet bubble in the late nineties. This seems unsustainable. Yeah, and everybody will have a big down-to-earth moment when all of a sudden this changes again making eight or nine of a series does not result in the kind of returns you wanted it to
0: everything goes in cycles and if we see the studios start to um decouple and start going with i mean i don't want to call barbie original programming but barbie is technically original programming same with oppenheimer like if we start seeing more it has
1: a built-in ip already you know, the same with Transformers.
0: Have we ever talked about the new Transformers? I don't think so.
1: Do you know the twist? Uh I know that the, the the Transformers universe always felt like the X-Men universe to me in the movies because they always have to kind of just change things as they go along. You know, they always are retconning
0: things. <laughs> oh yeah, they've I'm sure they've had to retcon a lot to get out of the Michael Bay hole. Yeah. But no, uh do you care enough no. for me to ruin anything? <laughs> G.I. Joe shows up at really? the end. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like awesome. I don't Or like like they basically set up (laughs) that GI Joe could be involved in the next one. Yeah, why not? These movies, I haven't. I own Bumblebee, and I still haven't watched it. But
1: that was a good one. I liked it because it was a standalone. But that, but that right there says that oh, Bumblebee came to Earth even
0: sooner than we thought. You know, he was already around. I believe this new one is a sequel to Bumblebee. Like Bumblebee was the '80s. This new one is in the '90s. And I think they briefly mentioned something that happened in Bumblebee. This yeah, this is exactly the X-Men universe where
1: they did those first three and then first class brings it to the sixties and then they started following okay, well this one's seventies, eighties, nineties now.
0: It's like a soft reboot within a universe that still exists yeah essentially until you could just be like yeah fuck michael bay none of that stuff counted
1: i mean i i I liked them all for what they were i didn't care i mean
0: i haven't watched them all still like i need to do that at some point i think i've seen them
1: all except this new one and uh what else did i see um oh like we got like maybe a half hour into the avatar movie but i just do not care my kids were like this is boring i said i know man the dialogue sucks and i don't care about these like Creepy sexualized blue creatures, like it's just yeah. weird. Can you imagine being a computer artist on that film and, like, oh, all right, <laughs> how the tail just like scooches right up to that bare ass?
0: <laughs> it's, it's just bizarre. a movie I don't see myself watching again, and
1: watching it with your kids. I'm like, this is just like soft core the way they're dressed. I can't watch this with my children. And Cameron's like, no, 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 they're a race of people, and they're aliens. It's totally fine. I'm like, no, it's kind of perverted. It's besides, weird i
0: mean i didn't i didn't go that place with it but it's also a movie i don't think i'll ever watch again here's this once teenage
1: was girl you know played by sigourney weaver and just the way her hips and like oh just hey, the hey, smallest amount just, of like things covering her boobs and i'm like just right, admit that
0: you wanted to fuck the blue thing <laughs> no it's fine what i
1: admit is that they want you to want to fuck the blue things and that's then why didn't i want to, to fuck
0: it I didn't want to fuck it, Aaron. That's my point. Only you wanted (laughs) to fuck it. I didn't
1: want to, but I knew that they wanted me to. That's what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can see James Cameron doing that, yeah. Oh, Oh, that's a great... I think that's a great natural ending. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Do you have any closing thoughts on the first two John Wick sequels? Uh, No.
1: I'm kind of done with it, though. Like, Do I have to watch the fourth one? Yes! All right. I think they're fine, but I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I feel like I can leave this world as it is.
0: So just watch for... Well,
1: I'll okay. have to now. Now it's homework. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Yeah, This will be homework, and that's fine. I hope you tune in next time as we talk about John Wick Chapter 4, whether Aaron likes it or not. As always, remember to tell at least one other person about our podcast so people will start fucking listening. Yeah, gossiping. but
1: you won't find us on Twitter anymore, though, right? Is that right? Or X
0: we're taking a break from twitter or x or whatever the fuck you want to call it we're on threads we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on tumblr we have a link.tree that has all that and an easy way to check out current episodes we're on youtube if you're listening to us on youtube right now and you've gotten to the end of the episode you have to leave a comment we need to know that you're making it through to the final part of the episode that's all peace out okay all right i'll talk to you later bye bye everyone